Hi, everybody. I'm Katinia McHenry, your host. Welcome to another episode of Fuck Fear. I am so thrilled that you're joining us today. I've mentioned previously that from time to time, I'm going to be recording single episodes with just me and not a guest because I think it's important that um, as we talk about fears and as I interview people who share their own fears, it's important for me to also join in that conversation from a personal perspective and talk about my own fears because I am not, uh, I am not without my own fears. So... Today, I want to talk about fear of the uncertain outcome. And many times we make decisions because we don't know how things are going to turn out or we're scared of what the outcome may be. And we're being told and influenced and receiving tons of information from various um, sources, people, online, previous experience, social media who tell us we should do a certain thing because this is how it's happened in the past and this is what this person has done previously and so this is a decision you should make right now. I'm speaking from personal experience because something just happened this morning before recording uh, uh, this episode. Something just happened today and I thought it's still fresh. I need to talk about this because what I decided in that moment was that I am no longer willing to compromise. I am no no longer willing to live in fear and no longer willing to make decisions out of fear. So this podcast, if you've been following along and paying attention to our episodes or even have read the description, you know that this podcast was inspired by my first book, which is called Married to a Narcissist, Enduring the Struggle and Finding You Again. And the podcast is essentially my second book because the second book has been writing itself because I'm still dealing with a narcissist. I've been divorced. This is the 11th year. I have three children. My oldest son is in college and I have two other children. Um, And so the narcissist is still trying to remain relevant in our lives. But what we understand about narcissists and narcissistic personality disorder is that one of the things that really sets them off and really sends them into a vortex of wanting to put all their energy into hurting you and attacking you and trying to bring you down is when you set boundaries, when you tell them no, and when you make them know that they are no longer relevant or that they no longer mean anything to you in your life. That has that has been what's been true for me and what's happened in our family. We, my children and I moved away from the narcissist. We live in a completely different state, but that doesn't mean he's still not trying to remain relevant. There was an incident that happened in 2019. My children went to visit their father. And when it was time for them to come home, he did not return them home. He used that incident that he created as um, a way to be manipulative, to cause my children emotional distress, to be abusive psychologically, emotionally, verbally, and to basically cause another chaotic situation. So he didn't return them home. He didn't tell me he wasn't going to return them home. It wasn't until I got to the airport the day that they were supposed to return to pick them up that they were not on the plane. 
It took him an hour to respond to my text messages, my emails, phone calls, any way I tried to reach out to him. It took him an hour to respond to tell me that he would not be sending them home, that I would have to come get him. I'm sorry, come get them, the children. So I went to get them. I went for my children. And what I realized three days later, after trying to negotiate with him, get the police involved to get my children returned, was that he was planning to sue me again. And he had already filed the petition when he um, actually before he got the children for their summer break. So the reason it took three days to get my children back, they were, I mean, pretty much being held hostage It might sound dramatic, but that's what it felt like because he would not return them. So it took three days to get them back. And I learned later the reason it took that long is because he wanted to have me served in person. So he could have had me served with the documents and paperwork in the state where we are. But he chose to take advantage of the situation, manipulate the situation because he had my children and he knew that I would come from my children. He wanted to have me served with the papers in person because and he has admitted to this. He wanted me to come there. He wanted to watch the whole thing go down and he wanted to see me in emotional distress. The reason it took three days is because he couldn't get a court processor available to have the paper served. It was the week of 4th of July. And so the courts were closed and all the officers associated with the court were not available. So he was trying to find an available processor that could have me served. And so until that happened, I didn't get the children back. Although he said, and he told me when I got there that he would give me the children the night that my dad and I arrived in town. And that was a lie. We went to the police station and met him there. And then he had printed out these fake documents to try to pass them off as real documents. And it, it, it was it was insanity. I've uh, he, he's sociopathic, like the behavior was sociopathic and psychotic. It was insane. And he was never planning to return the children, although he was continued to be continuing to be manipulative. So it took three days for that reason. And the reason he held the children and didn't send them home is because he wanted me to come there knowing that I would come for my children. If that's not insane, I don't know what is. Again, I'm not a psychologist, but I experienced that evil firsthand, face to face. I've never seen anything like it. And it still is emotionally traumatic to remember being in that situation and being in that chaos. It was horrible. And to see my children's faces, not knowing what was going on and them not knowing when they were going to get to come home. And then after that big song and dance, that charade that he created at the police station and the police were like, sir, we don't know what you're doing here, but. We can't sign any documents and we can't be witnesses to any documents being signed. You have to have a processor. And so I realized what was going on and realized the papers were fake. And so I went back outside to get my children out of the car, out of his car. And he had told them, I learned later, he told them, no matter what, do not get out of the car. I don't care what happens. Do not get out of the car. And so they were traumatized and they would not get out of the car and seeing their faces broke my heart and they would not get out of the car. Well, he came out of the police station a few minutes later. I asked him when I was going to get the children. He said in a very flippant tone, I don't know. 
He got in the car and he drove away. And the, my, the look on my children's faces, they were so scared because I didn't know when I was going to get them. I didn't know if he was going to try to leave the state. I didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, God, I, I didn't realize that was still so traumatic and still so bothersome. So all of those incidents have led up to how I feel now that I will not compromise and that I will not let fear control me and that I will not let fear dictate and I will not let the narcissist manipulate me and us anymore. It's insane because as long as you enable them, they will continue to try. They will use fear and they will keep trying as long as you enable them. Without going into further detail, we have been for the past two years working to resolve that situation. And I am at the place where I am no longer willing to compromise. There have been a myriad of incidents that have happened in between that time, the last two years, the last 10 years. And I'm at the place where I am no longer willing to sacrifice my own mental health, my my children's mental health and their well-being, and no longer am, am I willing to live in fear, which is the reason, you, you know, being in a relationship with a narcissist is what sparked not only the book, but also this podcast, because as you know, one of the tactics that a person who is of that personality, a narcissist, and someone who likes to live in toxicity and cause a toxic environment is they use fear to keep you under control and they use fear to scare you into doing things that one, you don't want to do two things, you know, in your heart, you should not do, but you agree to because you're afraid of what they're going to do. So at this point, he has done the ultimate. I have not been afraid of him and I have not been afraid of what he's going to do. I put those fears aside years ago and he knows that. And it's the reason he's still trying to come after me. He's still trying to cause chaos. He's still trying to cause emotional distress and he's still trying to be manipulative. And because that has worked for him, because he has been enabled, because when he starts with his wild, psychotic, sociopathic behavior, people around him just say, okay, fine, fine. Just give him whatever he wants. We don't know what he's going to do. He, he, he's going to act crazy. Just don't upset him. And so that has enabled him. And now he's to the point where he feels completely powerful. And now he feels like he is in a position of power. He has a high priced attorney. He has used the courts to further his mission. And he has manipulated the family court system. So I know many of you have experienced this or in the midst of it right now how the narcissist will use the court system to that to their advantage, especially when they have a lot of money. And he does have a lot of money. He is not spending it on my children. He pays child support. But obviously, it's not enough to cover all of their expenses. And he's paying nothing towards their college tuition. I know I'm giving you a lot today. <laughs> There's a lot on my heart today, because this is fresh, and it just happened. And I need to express 
So I am not angry. I, I know what I'm dealing with. It's laughable because he's a very sad human being. He will die alone. There won't be anyone at his funeral. And it's and it's sad. He, he's a very sad individual who doesn't have enough love in his life. So I was asked today to compromise. And I was also made aware that if I don't agree to certain things, that I could face jail time when it's time to go to trial. That the judge in our case has a history, a recent history of sending parents to jail because they have been, according to the documents and paperwork, in contempt of court for whatever reason, for not paying child support, for not being able to pay child support and not understanding the extenuating circumstances that exist in family court. And so I was made aware today by my mediator and my attorney that I could face jail time if I don't at least try to agree and work things out before trial. The things that the narcissist will present to you are very unreasonable and it is not their goal to resolve. They are not solutions oriented. It is not their intention to come to a resolution. So they will create situations that you obviously, as a normal, sane human being, cannot live up to or don't want to try to um, activate for, for their own happiness. I have done so much of that in my life for the sake of trying to what I thought, quote unquote, keep peace. I have agreed to so many things to try to keep peace to my own detriment and to the detriment of my children's health and well-being. I am no longer willing to make that sacrifice. So I have moved past the fear. And it's another reason why I believe and know that this podcast where we talk about fear is so important because people use fear to keep you under their control People use fear to bully you and people use fear to get you to agree to to agree to things that, you know, in your heart and your soul and your gut, you don't want to do. So we've talked about on this podcast, fear of creating boundaries. We have talked about fear of expectations. If you haven't heard any any of those episodes, it's a worth it's worth a listen because all of this works hand in hand and all of this is connected to the point where we don't do what's best for us because we are afraid of what the other person is going to do. Fuck the other person. If their intentions are not good and if they don't have your best interest or the people you love, their best interests in mind and in heart, then they don't deserve your time or your energy or your thoughts. They don't deserve to to exist in the same space as you because they don't have your well-being as a priority. They have their well-being and what they want and what they want is unreasonable. So I was asked to agree to things that were unreasonable. My response was, I am not willing to agree to things that are already unreasonable for fear that of what another human being is going to do to me. I'm over that. So I'm telling you this to say to you today, don't let fear dictate your actions. I also said, I am not afraid 
and I will no longer allow fear to control me and I will no longer be fearful and I will no longer let fear be a part of my decision making. And so with that, uh, our mediation was adjourned and I said, I will not live my life in fear. I will not live my life in fear because that's where the abuser wants us. That's where the devil wants you. That's where the devil wants me. And he wants me to believe that I don't have faith and I don't have the power of prayer on my side and I don't have God on my side. And all those things, I have God in my heart and my soul. And because I have faith, there is no reason for me to be afraid of what another human being might do to me. So I will not let fear control me. I will not fear dictate to me what I know in my heart I don't want to do. I will not agree to things that force me to compromise. So I say to you today, as we continue to have conversations in these podcasts, and as we continue to ask questions, and as we continue to work through our own fears, I say to you today, as I'm saying to myself, don't let fear of the uncertain outcome keep you from making the decisions that are in your heart and your gut and that you are sure and confident about. Always go with confidence and always go with your gut, knowing that you are doing the right thing and you are on the right path. I know I'm doing the right thing for my children. I know I'm doing the right thing as a mother. And I know I'm doing the right thing as a very strong person. I am no longer willing to compromise. I am no longer willing to live in fear. And I'm certainly not willing to live in fear of the uncertain outcome. I'll tell you, my background is in broadcast television. Every day that I covered stories, I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. That didn't keep me from going forward with asking the questions or going into spaces that could have been potentially dangerous. If I was afraid of the outcome, I would have never done any of the things that I have have done in my life or any of the things I'm going to do in my life. Just because you don't know how things are going to turn out doesn't mean you shouldn't do something that you know in your heart you should do or make a decision you know in your heart you need to make. And in the same regard, not doing something you don't want to do because you're afraid. Don't let fear dictate what you should do because you're afraid of what the outcome might be. That was a lot. And I'm speaking very emphatically, not emotionally. I'm there and speaking very emphatically because it has been a long, arduous journey of dealing with the narcissist. And there were times, yes, I admit that I was afraid and he saw that. And he used that to his advantage. And there were times where I was panicked and I still 
realize that I am still suffering from PTSD, from the trauma that he has caused by the situations he's caused. He's called the police on me before (laughs) because he didn't want to drive the 45 to 50 minutes to bring the children back home after their weekend visitation. Yes, you heard me right. He called the police on me because I told him that if he picked up the children, he had to bring them back home. And there was 45, 50 minute drive in between our two locations. And he didn't want to bring them back home. So in order to avoid taking accountability and responsibility, he would call the police on me. And what I said to the police when he, there were two officers that came out. This is just one of the many incidents, you guys. When the police came out, I told him, this is what their father does when I tell him no. And when I set boundaries and when I stick to the boundaries, he doesn't like it. And so he tries to bully me. And because he has no one on his side, he calls the police. Now, the police could have been out solving crimes and and handling more serious situations. But they had to come and answer the call because their father didn't want to drive them back home to drop them off. So he called the police. But he was using it to try to scare me. He was using it to try to bully me. He called the police to try to scare my children into submission to make it seem like their mom, their mommy was doing something wrong by saying no. So I implore you to say no when you feel like there is something you don't want to do. Set boundaries It is okay. Don't be afraid of setting boundaries and having expectations and setting boundaries so that others have expectations of what you are willing to do and what you're not willing to do and stick to those boundaries. It is hard depending on who the person is. And the longer I think you've separated yourself from the narcissist, it's easier to say no and set boundaries. But also realize that that's what makes them upset. And so they will come with all the fire and all of the backlash and all of the anguish and all of the anger. They will redirect towards you because you've told them no. And that sometimes is scary. And yes, I have been afraid because again, as I mentioned before, this is the fourth time that he has sued me and filed a petition, a petition against me. So again, don't be afraid of the uncertain outcome. Don't let the uncertainty and the unknown dictate how you should make decisions, go about your life and do what's best for you and also say no. I'm speaking from experience because this is what this was one of my fears is no longer And I want to share with you that, yes, it takes work. It takes a lot of work, especially when you're dealing with a narcissist and you're dealing with somebody who's created so much toxicity and enjoys being in that darkness, in that environment. No, not darkness. I I would just say in that toxic environment. My daughter's an artist and she reminded me that there is no such thing as darkness. Darkness is only the absence of light. And I had to think about that for a second because she's speaking of it from the standpoint of specific colors. And she said in art, black doesn't exist. You have to use several other different colors to create black, but black doesn't exist. 
the actual color black. She goes, you know, when you wash clothes and you, you're washing something black and when it fades, it looks more like purple. So that means like the color black does not exist. And in the color scheme is just the absence of light. And so what the narcissist is missing is the absence of light. They don't have light and love in their lives. And so they're trying to, of course, pull their supply from you and suck their supply from you. And so your attention to them feeds their supply. But once you cut that supply off, you have to be ready to deal with the backlash, but you will also be at more peace in your heart and your soul. And you can live more freely outside of that toxic environment and outside of that toxic relationship. So while I am still dealing with the narcissist and my expectation is that this whole thing is coming to an end. That's what I feel like right now. And I can say that with certainty and I can say that with confidence that this whole thing is coming to an end because he has tried so hard. You guys, he has tried really hard to bring me down, but he doesn't know who I am and he doesn't know who my God is. He doesn't know how strong I really am. He knows that I'm strong. He doesn't know just how strong I am. No, actually, you know what? I'll take that back. He does know my strength. That's what he's trying to disintegrate. That's what he's trying to crumble. He does know how strong I am. And because he's not that strong, because he's not as strong as I am, and because he doesn't have a strong self-esteem like I do and self-confidence like I do, he is seeking to destroy that because that's not what he has. Rather, you would think that somebody who is lacking in certain areas would want to know how they could grow. I'm always trying to seek out learning and, um, and, and more knowledge. So he knows who I am as a person. And that's what he doesn't like. He doesn't like who I am as a person because my resting bitch face is a smile. <laughs> and I'm always smiling no matter what's happening on the inside. And he knows that. He knows my joy. He knows my strength. And rather than try to be a better person, he is seeking to tear down the good. And that's what evil people do. That's how evil exists, is trying to tear down the good instead of trying to Im improve upon the good. So, yeah, I had to think about that for a second. He knows who I am. He knows what I am. And that's what he doesn't like. So he's trying to use everything he possibly can to come at me. He's trying to use every dart he can throw at me with fire. And yes, I have fallen, but bitch, I've gotten back up. So get back up. Pick yourself up. Don't be afraid of the uncertain outcome. And fuck fear. Today, say it with me. Fuck fear. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you will continue to listen to these episodes because I'm still working through a lot of fears and the ones that I'm working through, I'm going to talk about the ones I've overcome. I'm going to talk about those too. And we're going to continue sharing stories of ways that we all are working through our fears and overcoming them. So my three pieces of advice, which is the way I always like to end each episode is remember who you are as a person and remember what you want is just as important what you think the narcissist wants. And remember, number two, the narcissist only wants what's best for them. They don't want what's best for everybody else, even their children. 
And number three, don't let them use fear to control you and to control your decisions and to control how you go about taking action or activating things in your life. This has been another episode of Fuck Fear. I hope you will take a minute and listen to the other episodes as well. We have a number of topics that we talk about, but ultimately the hope and the intention with each of these episodes is to help people learn how to talk about their fears, learn how to get through the pain of whatever that fear is, experience it, but heal on the other side so that you can learn there is better for you so that you can live more peacefully and more freely. I feel so free today. I feel like I'm ready for whatever is next. So bring it, whatever is next, because I have faith and confidence in God. And I have my own thing. My own faith has been strengthened and my own faith has been renewed. Thank you again for listening today on a new episode of Fuck Fear. Well, you guys, this episode concludes season one. Can you believe it? We made it through 13 episodes and I am so excited and so thankful and grateful to each of you that have come along with me on this journey. Those of you that have shared the episodes with friends and family and those of you that have looked forward to every Thursday when we've had new episodes and those of you who have not only anticipated but set it in your calendars to make sure you tune in every single Thursday. I am so grateful. We have covered 13 episodes and it's so crazy. I didn't know how it was going to go when I started this and that was one of my fears is not knowing how it was going to go but of course barreling through the fear anyway and launching something totally new knowing that I had a lot to talk about and a lot to investigate and a lot of curiosity around fear and I thank each of my guests who have been a part of this with me who have talked to us about their own fears and also helped our listeners get through the fears that um, that they're experiencing and enduring every single day. I am so grateful for everybody who's been a part of this project from my editor to my graphic designer and even my daughter who created the artwork, like everyone who has come along on this journey and really um, have been able to make my vision and my passion a reality. So I am so thankful for the entire team, my cousin in L.A. who created the music for this, who nailed it on the first go around and um, who created a piece that is original and I'm so grateful for. So this is uh, the end of season one. That doesn't mean it's the end of the podcast. We are preparing to launch season two sometime this summer. So make sure you stay tuned for anything new, all of our new news. We will launch season two with brand new episodes, fresh guests, and those who were coming along on this journey on the second season. We'll talk about all kinds of new fears. Well, not new fears, but fears that we haven't talked about yet. 
In addition to the new season, we're also launching some new merch and swag at my website, Katenya.com. That's C-A-T-E-N-Y-A. It's some of my favorite products that I'm so excited to share with you that will be available for purchase. So make sure you sign up for our newsletter so you can be the first to know when those uh, new items are launched. And we'll also be doing giveaways as well. So again, make sure you sign up for our newsletter so you know what's going on. Follow me on social media as well. I'm very active on Instagram. Instagram, although I am on Twitter and Facebook, I'm not as active there. But I do post in those places too. But be sure to follow me on Instagram at Katinia, also on Twitter and Facebook at Katinia as well. I am so excited to launch season two. It will be again sometime this summer, so make sure you stay tuned. And again, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to each of the episodes. I want to thank those who have listened to some episodes twice. And those of you that have shared it with friends and family, thank you for taking the time to leave comments and reviews. I so appreciate that. And so far, the the reviews have been positive. So thank you so much. Um, We will also be doing recaps of some of the favorite episodes that uh, my listeners have have enjoyed. And I, I will also be doing some recaps as well to talk about some of my favorite episodes as well. And then on Instagram, I'll be doing short videos to talk about some of the fears that I'm still facing and uh, still experiencing. So I would love for you to join that conversation as well. In the meantime, thank you everyone for listening and coming along on this journey with me. And I hope that it has been inspirational to you to crush your fears every single day. And I hope you've been able to find your bravery and your courage to say fuck fear to the fears that you have been facing. I'd love to hear from you about how you've been able to crush your own fears and how this podcast has helped you do that. So be sure to leave a comment and of course, listen wherever you get your podcasts and visit my website for any new news and and anything new coming up. That's where you'll find um, all of our news to share. Thank you again. And I hope you can say fuck fear every single day. I'm your host, Katinia McHenry. I will see you soon on social media and see you soon on season two of the Fuck Fear podcast. Mm-hmm.